Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. My dad, one of my favorite memories of as a kid, my dad would take me to uh, the racetrack. He would take me to... Um, DuCoin, Illinois, to the Illinois State Fair, and there they had dirt track racing, and it wasn't NASCAR, it was like two levels down, and so many of these guys would eventually, you would see them on the NASCAR circuit, but we'd go every year and watch the stock cars, we'd all pick out our favorite car, and there's one thing about racing, you may be like, I'm not a racing fan or anything like that, but, and, and I, I can get it, but at the same time, that's not the point, it was, you could just be walking near the area and with even one car racing on the track running through you could just feel the power running all through you i mean it just you could hear it for miles and that was just one car and then you put 40 of those cars racing together around going at hundreds of miles an hour in the speed and just the whole time your body just as a a, a, a viewer as an audience is, is participating because you just feel the raw power. Well, I want to talk to you about some power today because uh, Aaron, who works for uh, Charlie Kimball, he's on the pit crew. Like when he comes in for a pit stop, he's changing out tires. Um, uh, Aaron, uh, I got to coach him in football. Uh, he just recently, not well, not recently, but he graduated uh, Los Alamos High School too. He's a Los Alamos alum. But it, there's the car. That's there it is in the shop. Now, um, it's one thing. To know all about this car. As you go in, you, if you're going to work on that pit crew, if you're going to drive that car, you need to know how it works. All the ins and outs, especially if you want to win, win a race. But it's one thing to have all the knowledge about the car. But when, when we're talking about faith, some of us, we can get into a trap where faith is just like this. Well, I know everything about the car. I know everything about um, how it works. But faith is actually getting behind the wheel of the car, sitting down and putting your foot to the pedal, like putting the pedal on the metal. And actually then you get to see the real and experience the real power of the car. That's the difference. That's the picture I want you to get is we're talking about faith today. Because, hello, so many of us, we grew up and, and, and have been a part of a church experience that we wanted to walk away from because it was all about how much you knew. Or it was all about reading another book. But when you look at Scripture, when you look at those who were living out faith, they were living it out and taking next steps. They sat behind that car, put the pedal to the metal, and that's what I want for your life. I want you to experience the power of God. I want you to take a next step of faith. I don't want you to talk about taking a next step of faith. I, I don't want you to read about it. Don't get me wrong. Reading about it, learning about it is fantastic. But all of that should fuel you to trust the power of the car. That's to cool. trust the engine and say, this thing is going to get me where I want to go. This thing has the power to do it. This thing is a fun ride. That's where the fun's at. And that's where we're going to jump in today. I have some help from one of my friends, Carter Williams. He's going to bring us our verse from the day. As we put up, um, put on the armor of God, he's going to bring it to us today. He's got our verse for the day. Ephesians 6.16, in addition to all this, 
Take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Have a great day, Freedom Church. Carter, thank you so much, man. Awesome job. Thank you for giving us our verse. Williams, you're an amazing family. Garrett, happy Father's Day to you. It's good talking to you this week, too, but I hope you're doing well. In addition to all this, take up that shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If, you, if you're new, throughout all of COVID-19, we've kind of been hitting in and around the armor of God. We've taken some breaks, but to me, this has been my go-to throughout this entire time. I have to put on the belt of truth. I have to put on that breastplate of righteousness and say, this is the way I'm going to live. I don't feel like it, but I know this is going to lead me where I need to go. I have anxiety. I'm going to put in those shoes of peace. And today we're moving on. We're going to be putting on the, uh, we're taking up the shield. We're taking up a piece of armor, a shield. Now, I want to give you an idea of what this shield looks like. Now, I love the movie Gladiator. Kind of want to go watch it today uh, for my Father's Day movie. Oh. But um, it's not the round shield. I, that's what I want you to see. Look at, the, look at this picture. It kind of is more like, uh, almost like a small door where it can really protect the entire body. It's, it is um, uh, up and down that they, that they can uh, see that. So that's the idea of the shield. It's not the small circular one, kind of more like a, a one that covers the whole body. And it says to take up the shield of faith. Now, this word in the Greek, when you talk about faith and you see it in the New Testament, it, it really is this idea of it being active. That it is something that is not a head knowledge. Oh, I have faith and I believe. It is something that you trust so much that you're willing to bank on it and move forward in that. And that's the type of faith that he's talking about. That this armor that we're putting on, that this um, move of God that we're, we're moving towards, is something that we are on the advance. Now you think of the shield. The shield is like, oh, well, it's a protection. It's meant for defense. But we are not in a defensive posture. We are taking ground. And the battle is on. If you didn't, if you didn't know that, you have an enemy. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not your boss. All right. It's not the government. It, we don't battle against flesh and blood. It is, we have an evil one, Satan, who wants to take you out, who does not want you to take a step of faith. But as we take on this battle, God's given you equipment. He's given you his shield that will extinguish those arrows. And so James, the brother of Jesus, in James chapter 2, he says this. He says, in the same way, Read James chapter 2 this week. It's, it's, it's fascinating. He says in the same way, faith by itself, is not if not accompanied by action, is dead. James, he knows faith is active. Read chapter 2 when he talks about it because he sh shares some more, but that's the summary of it. If it's not active, if faith doesn't produce me taking next step forward, James would come out pretty boldly and say, I don't, I don't know if you have faith. I would question it. I want to see some steps of faith. I remember one of my favorite parts of, of summer was going to summer camp. 
So if you if you were a, went to summer camp either as a student or um, or if you went to summer camp as a leader, go ahead and put in um, in the comments summer camp. I, I, I went to summer camp. Now I went more times as a leader, and and I will say this: I sometimes I question why I went to to summer camp so much because um, there was some good things, but there was also like like you would get like four hours of sleep, if that, per night. You're staying up super late, drinking a ton of Mountain Dew, and, and then you're getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. I remember as a leader, my first time as a leader for uh, a youth group. I'm the, the youth pastor, and I'm in charge. And we get there, we unload all of our stuff, and one of the sixth graders, they come in, and they're like, um, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, little Ricky, he... He, he went into his bunk and he's already he took all of his meds his whole week's worth of meds in one shot I'm like I'm we're minutes into this camp thing I'm about floored I'm calling his 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 dad to kind of figure out what's going on fortunately his dad said it's okay those meds that he took it's okay he'll be all right he's just gonna be really calm throughout the rest of the week and I'm like thank you Jesus Amen. That was awesome. So um, it, it, I, I didn't appreciate that as a pastor. It freaked me out and um, drove me nuts. But little Ricky, guess what? He was calm all week long. It was the best I'd ever seen him behave. So it was great. Um, there's moments like that. But then working with teenagers at summer camp, I'm telling you, it was some of the best memories that I can have where you can have life transformation in one week, where amazingly enough, you put the cell phones away, all right? No distractions. You, you, uh, you get the uh, uh, TVs and screens away. You spend time worshiping together. You spend time in groups together talking about the Word. You spend time praising and singing. Then you spend time together where you are um, uh, by yourself alone, just you and God. Then you go and you play some games and you're having fun and you're doing activities and you do that day after day after day after day and it's no wonder that God speaks. In fact, as a pastor, I would often say um, to, um, to, our, to our group, God has something for you, don't miss it. God has something for you, don't miss it. And, and we would say at the end of the week, I want to hear what God spoke to you and, and more times than not, they would have something that God spoke to them. And then we'd say, hey, here's the, here's the spoiler alert. And this is a spoiler alert for you. God has something for you. Don't miss it. God has something for you every day if we're looking for it. And it's amazing when you go to summer camp that you put away all the distractions and you get in with God's people singing, coming together. And then you're also spending time with them in his word by yourself. Then you're in groups and you're talking about it. That God speaks to your life. And he shows you a next step. I remember two guys specifically. One was Zach and one was Brian. Same year. Had a great conversation. Both of them, one was a junior uh, going into a senior year. One was a se senior. And he was great. He had just graduated. And we said, God has something for you. Don't miss it. Well, well, Brian, he, he was going in. And Brian was heavy into drugs. And he was in a, in a bad family situation. But God got a hold of his life during that week. And Brian was, um, we had so many great conversations and I, I just, he was very authentic and sharing his, and so we mapped out what's your next steps when you get home. Cause you got some tough choices to make. You got some tough conversations that you need to have. And he's like, here's what I need to do. And he had, he had his next steps lined up. Awesome. 
Now, he's not part of my youth group. At that time, we didn't even really have social media, so there's not really too much that you could do to follow up other than uh, call his youth pastor, say how he's doing, and that sort of stuff. I'm not in his life every day. But, hey, awesome. Go, Brian. Zach, Zach wanted to, to uh, be a race car driver. As an as a 18-year-old, he was already racing cars. Dad, Zach's dad loved that. And Zach's dad was all about Zach becoming a race car driver and going to school and, and getting that taken care of. But also, he was going to start on that path and that journey. Only thing was, God got a hold of Zach at, at summer camp. And God, we said, God has something for you. Don't miss it. And Zach said, God said, I need, I'm going into ministry. Like, I know that very clearly, that I need to, I need to be a pastor. Not a, and I, when I go home, my dad is not going to like that at all. At all. And so we talked, and we sat, we had great conversations, but we mapped out a plan of just how can some of those conversations go, and different things that we can do, and then Zach went on his way. Again, I don't have much contact other than with his pastor. Fast forward one year. Both students come back to camp. We're there. Brian's there. Zach's there. Now, granted, Zach had already graduated. So he's not allowed to come back to summer camp with the other teenagers. Unless Zach had a conversation with his dad. And Zach had some conversations with his pastor. Some tough conversations. Some uneasy conversations. Tears were shed. But Zach said, Dad. I know that God's called me into ministry. And Zach came back the next year as a leader, hired on staff at that church, now leading other kids because he took that next step of faith. Brian, got to see him too. Hey, how did it go? How has this year been? And as we start sharing and unpacking, he's sharing the exact same story from the year before. Brian did not have any of the difficult conversations. He knew what he was supposed to do, but he was still dealing with the same relationships, the same hardships, the same struggles, the same addictions, and nothing had changed. Both of them facing different set of circumstances, but both of them knew a, 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 some next steps they needed to take. I will ask you, which one had faith? Zach or Brian, which one had faith? They both had faith if it just sticks in the realm of knowledge. Here's, I love Jesus and I want to I move in this direction. But James would say, James would say, those who are active, who know what they're supposed to do and they go do it. It's not going to mean that we're perfect. It's not that it mean that we don't fall down and we make some mistakes. But I'm going to continue to take next steps forward. That's the picture of faith. Amen. That's the picture of faith. And this goes on in Hebrews because I want, I, want, I, want, I want to put us in here, and this is where it gets a little bit hard. When we get in the Bible, I'm going to go ahead and bring up Hebrews chapter 11 for you. I don't want Hebrews chapter 1. I want Hebrews chapter 11. If you're new to the Bible, this set of verses right here is like the hall of faith. Great examples of faith is what it says up here. It says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And then he says, Through their faith, the people of the, in days of old earned a great reputation. And it goes through. And it starts to talk about Noah. And it talks about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, 
Rahab, Gideon, David, Samson, you know them, Daniel, Jonah, all the greats. But something that we often forget when we read about that, something that we, we often think about, is, oh, well, those are the greats in the Bible. And that's not me. I, I don't know that I could measure up. I can't be a great. They were human beings. Just like you and I, who were giving, this is something that you might need to step forward in, and they have a choice. I'm either going to trust God, or I'm going to trust myself and lean on my own. Both of them had circumstances where God had given them a directive, but then they also have the unseen. I don't know what's on the other side here. David is facing Goliath. God's with me, but he doesn't know how that story ends. He doesn't, he's a human being, just like you and I. In fact, James says in chapter 5, verse 17, James says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. I want you to understand, when you read about the greats in the Bible, they had great faith because they acted on it, even though they couldn't see it. They had a hope. They had a hope in something that was beyond them. So the question I want to ask you today, this is the question of the day. For dads, moms, for human beings, what story do you want your life to tell? Your life is telling a story. When you get out of COVID-19, when we're able to meet together again, what story will you be telling? Will it be one that advanced in faith not perfect, still have issues, but we've advanced in faith and we've moved forward. Or a year from now, or five years from now, or 20 years from now, are we still going to be dealing with the same drama and the same issues? I want to know what type of story do you want to tell? I know what story I want mine to tell, and I know what story I want for you, but it requires us to take this next step of faith. I want you to this came from a book, uh, Seven Habits of Great Leaders, called Stephen Covey. And it's a great illustration. Like, well, what story do I want to tell? He, he, would, he would say, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. Wherever. If you're driving, do not close your eyes. Uh, but you can close your eyes where you're at. And he says, picture yourself, and you are, you're all dressed up. You're all in black. It looks like you're headed to a funeral. You, you, can, you can see the scene. You're walking into a church. And you're like, man, I'm headed, I'm headed to a funeral. And all of a sudden, as you start to walk in the doors and you kind of see some of the people and you start to say hello, this is post-COVID-19, so there's no mask or anything like that. You can see their face. You can be around. You can touch. And you start to notice it's, it's some friends and some family members that you love, some people that you like, and you're like, oh, wow. But then you, you get a little bit closer and, and you see that who this funeral is for. And as you, you start to look around, you start to notice it is your funeral. And I'm not trying to be morbid, but the exercise, if you would really take a time to look... Stephen Covey in his book would say, who, as, as, the, as the pastor gets up and he invites people to talk, who are the ones that are going to get up and talk? Who, who are the ones that are, that are coming up and what are they going to say? Now, you don't have control over who gets to talk at your funeral. You don't have control over uh, what they say at, at their, their funeral. But what story is your life telling? That's the point of the example. And if you start to think, well, I want them to share about how I was a fun dad, how I was a dad of integrity, how I was a person of faith, how I took next steps, how I, I, I left a legacy here. 
You can start working on those things today. You don't have to wait till next year. You know, part of going through this, again, is, is saying that I want, to leave a, I want to leave a faith legacy where I'm one where they're like, that guy got behind the car and he put the pedal to the metal. That guy loved Jesus and he loved others and, and he didn't hold back. Like he knew how to take that car for a spin. That's what, that's what I want. So for some of you, I don't know what that looks like this year. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's befriending someone who looks totally different than you. Befriending someone who believes totally different than you. Who acts totally different than you. Maybe it's it's leading a connect group. Hey, I want to step up in my faith this year. Maybe it's not attending a group. You want to know who grows the most? You want to know who grows the most in a group, in a connect group at Freedom Church? It's the leaders. Why? Because you got to prep. you got to be able to say, i got to live accountable to these guys in the group. You want to grow more this year? Lead a group. If you want to you grow more this year, you want to be a person of faith, invite somebody to church. Hmm. Share your faith. You might, here's what I don't want you to do. Because a disciple, you go and be a follower of Jesus. Which Jesus said, hey, if you're going to be a follower of me, do as I say, but go tell other people about me. And you could be a Christian your whole life and never tell anyone about Jesus. You're, you're not experiencing the full power of God in your life, and I want that for you. You can end that today. You could share your faith today. You may go through your whole life, and I, I recognize this isn't like it's happening all the time, but it could, where your friends accept Christ because you've loved on them and you've shared your faith or you invited, and maybe it takes several years, and that's fine, but you haven't given up hope. There's something on the horizon, and God speaks into their life, and they give their life to Jesus Christ, and then you see just like Sam getting baptized at freedom, and all of a sudden you're like, my gosh, there we go. That's what we're here for, to see people come to know Jesus, and that's going to grow your faith as well. I don't know, what would grow your faith more this year? Reading another book about sharing your faith or actually sharing your faith? Come on. Getting behind the car and putting the pedal to the metal. That's what I want, Freedom Church. That's how we leave a legacy. These guys were giants in the faith because they did what God told them to do. Yes. This was a crazy faith. Like, think about it. Noah. Noah's going and building a ship. It had, at that time, it said it hadn't even rained yet. The water came from springs. And for years, they're putting together this ship. What are you doing, Noah? This is crazy. It'd be like, hey, let's build a rocket ship. And, and in several years, we're going to need this rocket ship, and we're going to go to Mars. We're building it because we're going to save the universe and go to Mars because Earth is done. You'd be looking at me like crazy. We're not doing that, by the way. All right? It'd be awesome to go on SpaceX. I think that was a pretty cool launch. But no, we're not doing that. <laughs> These guys, in the moment, seem crazy, seem stupid, seem silly. How could you do that? Rahab, what's, what's going on? You're gonna, you have, have, you're trusting in these men? You're, you're, these men have been uh, destroying your life, and you're going to put your faith in these guys? And she's saying, yeah, that's all I got. Like, what? The faith that they had seemed crazy at the time. But as they followed through, God did huge things. What does our world need right now? It needs hope. 
It needs men and women of faith. It needs you, the Christian church, the church, to be men and women of faith and take the next step forward. To be able to spread hope that you are called to go into the world. You. And we do that together as a church. So for me, as starting Freedom Church, it did not feel comfortable. It wasn't something that I wanted to do, but I, I knew it was a next step for us. Starting and getting a small group of people to say, hey, I need some help with the cameras and the lights and shifting things around. And having this vision in my mind that we're supposed to start a church, be a part of the church that changes the world. How are we going to do that when we're, when we're in closed confines and I'm just looking at a camera screen? God, that just doesn't make sense. Or when we started from scratch and there's just a few of us gathering for prayer in, in, a, in a living room. God, how are we going to change the world when there's just so few of us? But I, that vision for us to be a church that changes the world is still there. Why? Because. Because. Los Alamos, you know, is unique. We have people coming from all over the world here. If you love Los Alamos, and I love Los Alamos, and we love Los Alamos, and we just share the love of Jesus, and he starts working in people's lives, and he starts working in homes, which, by the way, that's where we're all at right now. That's where all the conversations are happening right now. And guess what? That's where they need to happen is in the homes. They're working in our hearts. He's working in our homes. And God starts changing lives, and he gets a hold of Los Alamos. If we change Los Alamos, we change the lab. And if God changes the lab, which is global, and works, you start changing the world. And to me, it sounds nuts. It sounds crazy. I'm not trying to build a big church or anything like that. But no, God has given us a vision. This isn't my vision. It's God's vision to say, you're supposed to go to the world. And we want to execute that to the best of our ability. And I'm going to be a person of faith that says, I trust you, and I'm going to do that. Now, it seems crazy, and it's almost like that's... We can't do that. We can't change the lab. We can't change the, the way the scientific community and the world uh, globally has their conversations. And, ha and there's no way we could do that. And I get overwhelmed and I get paralyzed because I'm like, I can't think of any way that that is possible. You want to know how you make it possible? You want to know how you end racism? Because I've thought about that a lot. I'm like, how do we, how do we end racism? There's no systematic way to, to end it. It seems so big and global and impossible. How do you... You do it one step at a time. Amen. You do it one conversation at a time. Amen. One heart at a time. One story at a time. So all you need to do is take your next step. That's our mission. Helping people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. You take that step today. And we'll worry about the next step tomorrow. And that's what I want for you. When the disciples were up with Jesus on a mountaintop and Jesus revealed to them kind of who he was. And he had just a few guys with him in that moment. They called the, the transfiguration. They were up on a, on a mountain. And I think it's in Matthew 17, but I don't know. I can't remember the address. But he brings them out and they have this like mountaintop experience. Kind of like summer camp. You go and you get this mountaintop experience. God, I see you more clearly. God, I want to go live for you. But then you go back to the real world. And they come back down the mountain, and they get experience the real world. If you continue reading on, and there's a boy, there's a boy who's, who's demon-possessed, and, and they're trying to heal him, and the disciples can't. And they come to Jesus and say, we can't heal him. And Jesus heals the boy. And then they look at Jesus and say, why couldn't we heal this boy? And, and Jesus comments on their lack of faith. And then he tells them, he says, 
But if you have the faith of a mustard seed, a little tiny mustard seed, just even a little tiny, you can look at that mountain mm -hmm. and tell it to move. Come on. They had a mountaintop experience. They, 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 saw, they saw who Jesus was. They want to go live for him. And then they have a real world experience that doesn't line up. And then I think Jesus is standing right there at that mountain. He's saying, you see that mountain? That thing can move if you would just have some faith. He says, nothing would be impossible. Now, I don't know if you saw this, going back to the shield of faith. You're like, what does this have to deal with the shield of faith? Everything. Because you put on the belt of truth. Hey, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I'm going to put on that righteousness. This is the way. I know it doesn't seem right, but I'm always going to anchor in that truth. I'm going to live that way. I'm going to put on the shoes of peace. Now I'm ready to start taking some next steps forward. Oh, by the way, as soon as you do that, here come some flaming arrows from Satan. Thank you. That's where I stop reading the armor of God and say, no, thank you too much. I'm out of here. This is where you need to understand. When you go take a next step of faith, you got some arrows coming your way. You got some arrows of distraction that are going to be coming your way. You better expect them. You better get ready for them. Because you're going to go from mountaintop to real world. When this turns off, you got to face the real world. And what is it going to be? Satan does not want you to take next steps of faith. So he knows he can't take victory from you. You already have victory, but he can distract you. Think about flaming arrows. What were they meant to do? They weren't meant to kill. They were meant to distract. He will send distractions your way. You're going to leave camp and be like, I'm ready to go live for Jesus. I'm going to go. And then something overwhelming is going to hit, and that vision is going to be too big, and I can't do it, and I get paralyzed, and I can't move forward. I'll stick with what's comfortable, Jesus. You'll get a flaming arrow of a financial hit. You're going to be like, hey, I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to put God first with my finances. Flaming arrow, there goes some tires. you got to buy some new tires. There goes the water heater. Oh man, You're going to be put to the test. Your faith will be put to the test. Now, you might be saying, is this God testing me, or is this a flaming arrow from, from Satan? I don't know. I really don't know. It doesn't even matter. You just know you're going to be tested, and go ahead and take the step forward. You're going to say, I'm going to start getting things right with my wife I'm going to, or my spouse, and I'm going to, I'm going to really start um, focusing in on some things that I need to do relationally, and then, boom, here comes a fight. And you know that's going to paralyze you. Or sometimes you're like, I'm going to get behind that car, I'm going to step on the, on, on, the, on the pedal. I'm going to take a next step of faith. But God's going to say, hey, that's not the car I have for you. I got, a, I got a different will for your life. I got a different next step for your life. Here's the car that I have for you that I want you to drive, and you're going to put your pedal, put the pedal to the metal behind this car. Wh what? See, as Christians... We want to live faith, but you'll, you'll get the distracting arrow of comparison. To say, well, well my, my car doesn't look like theirs. I, I wanted to do, go this way. Or I, I wanted to go in this direction. Or that, that's not, that surely is not what you want. And Jesus would say, yes. You have to take your next step of faith. Not mine. You have to take yours. And let me just tell you one other thing. When it talks about taking a step of faith. If you're waiting for the church to create a program for you Ooh. to take your next step of faith, you're going to be waiting a long time. Come on. I, 
I love the church. I want you to come together and be a part of the church. But the church was never meant to be an organization that, that helped. We want to assist you in whatever God has called you to do in your life. The people who are the greats, the ones who take their step of faith, it's outside the church walls knowing that God has called you to do something. When we come together as a church, we celebrate. We, we, we don't high-five anymore. We maybe elbow bump or something like that, but we always celebrate your next steps of faith. And sometimes there's some steps of faith that happen in the church, but most of them, God's will for your life is something way out there. That's something amazing. And we just want to be like, wow, we got to be a part of that just because we knew you. So if, if you're waiting on the church... To say, well, when are they going to get a missions team and, and do this and coordinate? May or may not happen. Probably not going to happen. Not because we don't want to do those things. It's just God's will for your life is probably going to be outside of the church walls and definitely outside of a church program. Amen. So in this church, and this church is Freedom Church, I want to celebrate what God's doing in your life. And I want, to, I want to help assist you in whatever he's doing in your life. So you can go and take those next steps. But don't, don't that's a distraction. A flaming arrow. Well, I'll just wait for the church to do it. I'll just wait for, for these things. And it, all Satan wants to do is distract you and discourage you from taking the next step of faith. But he knows he can't take the victory from you. Because when you take a next step of faith, when you take a next step of faith, that is what extinguishes the flaming arrows. You have God's shield. Your faith, your hope, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. The assurance of the things that we do not see. You have a hope in Jesus that is a solid foundation. You have a hope in Jesus. we got a gladiator shield that's up there. That, that, is in, that is a shield of protection for us because he's already won the victory. If you're struggling with taking the next step of faith, and I, I, I struggle with this too, it's probably because my hope is in something else. Mm. It's in my circumstances. It's in my finances. My hope is in me, in my performance. It's in success. It's in sex. It's in all this other stuff. When I start, when I start wavering and looking at flaming arrows, it's because I put my hope in something else. You have Jesus, and this is the gospel, that Jesus, God, in the flesh, came to this earth, who lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross, as a perfect sacrifice for your sin, my sin, because God wants a relationship with you. Why did he have to die for my sin? Because there's no way you and I could earn it. Mm -hmm. So God himself said, I'll do the work for you. You can't work for it. It's called grace. He loves you, wants a relationship with you. And when he died on the cross, that paid the price. He said, it is finished. I've done the work. And then he rose from the dead on a Sunday morning. Your hope, Christianity, is not based on a feeling. It's based on an empty tomb. And that is a fact. That, that is the evidence that these guys could now move forward in something that they couldn't quite see. I saw Jesus rise from the dead. That's what they all witnessed. They wrote about it. They passed it on. That's our legacy now that we get to pass on. But it's also that journey of faith that says, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep taking the next step of faith. Because he's no longer in the grave, I can take a next step of faith. I can, I can step forward and God will extinguish those arrows. It's scary. It's risky. It's, it's more comfortable to just put on the belt of truth. I'll put on the belt of truth. I'll just put on the belt of truth. I'll put on the armor. I'll put on the armor. I'll put on the armor. 
Oh, I tried to take a step once, and then here came the flaming arrows. Nope, I'm, I'm done. I don't want you to stop there. Neither does Paul. He says, you got a tool. Take up that shield of faith. Use it. Take up that shield of faith. Take one step at a time, one conversation at a time, one story at a time. And you'll see God change your heart. You'll know on the other side, you'll be like, I know the power of God. I felt the power of God because I stepped on that pedal. I took up the shield of faith and now I experienced it. And I'll take another step forward because he's faithful. You serve a faithful God who's promised you protection against the enemy. And when you do that, and when I do that, you'll be taking ground. You'll see God change your life. He'll change the life in your home. He'll change Los Alamos. He'll change the lab. He'll change the world. Not because of how good we are. Not because of how good you are. But because of how good he is. And when the battle is over, when the battle is over, and you put on every piece of God, he says, you'll be able to resist the enemy, and you will be standing firm. Mm -hmm. you got a firm foundation, Freedom. Let's take our next steps of faith together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. The enemy does not want us to put on the shield of faith. He cannot stand it, which is when, when we put on this armor, all of a sudden we got flaming arrows coming our way. I like reading about the armor of God until I get to this one, and then I'm toast. I don't want to take another step forward. I'd rather just run and hide. But, Father, I thank you for your shield. As David prayed in Psalm 3, thank you. I, I can hold my head high and advance forward because I have a God who protects me, who loves me. And that's what I want to be. That's the legacy I want to live. That's the story I want to tell. Not one that was so consumed by all the distractions of life. No, I remember my purpose, and it is to live for you and you alone, God, and point other people to you. That's what I want to live for. That's who I want to be. That's what I want to pass on to my kids. I'm thankful that's what my dad passed on to me. And for generations who aren't even born yet, that's the story I want to be told. The legacy that lasts. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.